Welcome to the Healerology Podcast. This is a show about healing, healers, and methods to dissolve emotional, physical, and spiritual challenges. I'm your host, Dominic, a student of life, a sharer of knowledge, and a guide to achieving inner peace. The goal of this show is to teach you how to become your own healer, discover and connect to the power inside of you, and live your best life. So, let's get to healing. Hi, everyone. This is Dominic again on the next episode of the Healology Podcast. I'm here with Natalie Thomas today, and I'll let her introduce herself. You know, she does meditation, she does yoga, she does intuitive card readings. Um, but lest I leave some things out there, like, you know, Natalie, will you please say hello and introduce yourself to our audience? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dominic, for having me today. And hey, everybody, my name is Natalie. Um, I am a yoga teacher. I'm a meditation coach. I work a lot with corporate companies knitting mindfulness in the workplace. And I also do one-on-one coaching and I have a 12-week meditation program. Okay, wonderful. And Natalie, I always like to figure out or understand how uh, you know my guests got into the work that they did because you know I, I know most of people, at least the ones I'm talking to this podcast, you know, they didn't come out of the womb, say like, you know, crystals in one hand and, and, and a tarot deck in the other. Uh, typically, you know, a lot of times like my audience, you know, they've gone what I would say is probably this like traditional path, meaning that, you know, they really figured out how to navigate, you know, school really well, uh, corporate job really well. And then they, they got to some place and they said, wait, maybe the, perhaps there's, there's more. So I don't know if that's exactly your story, but I do want uh, you to, to share um, your path and mainly with the idea so the people listening, they can see themselves in, in their own path and their own progression forward by hearing about yours. Yeah, absolutely. So I had an interesting path growing up. I was actually a springboard diver. And my springboard diving, I think, was my first little taste into mindfulness before mindfulness was even a, a talked about. And I'm, I'm saying from like 1999, <laughs> like I was so young. And my coach had me watch a video of how to train my mind to dive or how to train my mind to play sports. So I would say that was my first little dip the toe into mindfulness. Because when I was a diver growing up, I was able to visual a lot of visualization techniques of, okay, you know, picture yourself doing the dive correctly versus not. And a lot of little things that I picked up along the way. And I realized, oh, wow, like this actually kind of works, but I didn't apply it in my life till way later on, I would say outside of the diving world. So back in 2012, I was living in Atlanta, Georgia, and I went to University of Georgia, moved to Atlanta afterwards. I was working in the movie industry. I worked on movie sets at the time. And I had a lot of really, really stressful jobs. I was a personal assistant. Um, I was working, you know, 16 to 18 hours a day, seven days a week. And it really took a toll on my mental health. And I, I started to lose myself in a sense. I experienced burnout twice at a very young age. My first time I was 19 to 20 when I was a diver. And the second time I was 23, about to turn 24 from working in the, in the film industry. And it was, it was the typical like partying way too much. I was, I was so young and, but feeling quite lost. Like I, I felt like 
when, when I got out of college, I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do and who I was, as so I thought, and I, I lost myself. And what really happened was out of the blue, I started doing yoga. I had always done, I was doing yoga now for about two years. I had a bad back from diving. So I was already in the yoga space. And I, I like to say I had some sort of spiritual awakening, to be honest with you. I went through this whole awakening process of, you know, reading all these books. I was having um, dreams and downloads in my dreams of like reading like scripture. And I would wake up and I'm like, where did I even get that from? Like, how did I know that? And I had a mentor at the time. She's She was in her 60s. I was 24. And I was telling her everything that was happening to me. I was like, Dale, like, I... I don't know what's going on. I'm seeing all this stuff. I'm seeing all this numerology. And this was before Instagram or anything. So like no one was talking about this. And she handed me a book called Many Lives, Many Masters. And she's like, you're ready. I was like, ready, ready for what? And then I read this book and everything kind of clicked and made sense. And that's where my spiritual you know, I would like to say my spiritual journey really, really started or really began. While I did have a taste of it when I was diving, it really embodied me in 2012 when I had this awakening. And all of a sudden, I drew this interest into all things spirituality, mindfulness, wellness, metaphysical. And it was a little bit challenging, I would say, just because at the time, there's no one else to talk to about this, especially my age. I wound up, you know, finding slowly my tribe, a few people in Atlanta, then when I moved to LA, but it was, it was a very interesting time because not many people were talking about this. And all of a sudden I started telling everyone 2012, what I was discovering. And it was kind of like, uh, now what are you talking about? <laughs> so it was such an evolution, but I will say it has completely changed my life. And from that moment in 2012, that's really how I got started on the spiritual path in my spiritual in my spiritual journey, which of course is always evolving. So that's how I first got started. Okay, yeah, that's that's a tremendous evolution there. And you know, I'm hearing some of the aspects. I think the audience will identify with, you know, diving. Uh, I've never done it, you know, except to goof around. But I imagine a uh, uh, lot of rigor, a lot of discipline, um, a lot of structure. Um, and uh, making sure like you're figuring out the, the goal, the target and being able to, to hit it. Mm -hmm. um, and then you get into something else that sounds like equally demanding, but quite different, you know, as, as a, a personal assistant working those 16, 18 hour days. I mean, you definitely had developed the rigor of figuring out whatever was required of you and, and making sure that like, you'd be able to, to fulfill it. Um, can you go back a little bit and talk about that, that thing you said you felt like you you lost yourself? Can yeah. you expand on that and like, you know, describe mm -hmm. what you lost or like not knowing who you are, or how are the language you, you, you would use for that? Absolutely. And I think this has even been a big topic today of just burnout. You know, so many people are getting burnouts with their jobs and now we're even seeing it in sports. So for me, it happened first in the sports world where I would say at first I lost myself a bit because diving, which used to be fun, and this can relate back to really any sport, diving, which used to be just super fun for me and, and so great started to take a toll. It became, it consumed my life that I started to not really recognize who I was and the pressures and the demands were very, very intense. So 
like we saw with the past Olympics in mental health, you know, so much is coming brought to life now that the diving, not just diving, I would say the sports world um, was a lot like even the, the corporate worlds, like all of the, the demands and the pressures and the hours. So I started to lose myself a bit. It wasn't until I allowed that part of my life to, when I closed that chapter of my life, which was an amazing, amazing chapter. I closed that chapter. I came back to me that I started to find myself again, but I, you know, I, I noticed the theme when I was younger of like over-pleasing and working myself to death. And then I went into the film world and I kind of did the same thing. I just was working all of the time. And when we work all of the time and we don't really focus on ourselves, our self-care, we don't focus on our creative pursuits, what really makes us happy, we, we start to feel ungrounded. And that's kind of what happened to me. I was really starting to feel ungrounded. I'm like, what are my interests anymore besides like really serving this, you know, serving this person all the time and, you know, making sure everyone else around me is okay, but how about myself? And I would feel guilty about putting myself first or like putting my needs, you know, my mental health and my wellness first. And I think a lot of people might be experiencing this. So we're seeing this huge shift in our society of like, wow, like maybe maybe the nine, the nine to nine, I like to say, not just the nine to five, like the nine, it winds up being like, it's never a nine to five. It's like a nine to eight grind is not, it's not so healthy. And if, if work is that demanding, where can we incorporate more mental health and wellness into our everyday life? But it was definitely around the time working on movie sets. And then I've done it before, even with other jobs, um, where I just started to be like, who am I? Like, what are, what are my interests? Like, what are my, what are my long-term goals? Like, what are my short-term goals? Like, what do I like to do for fun? What I like to do for play. And yeah. that's when I really had to take a step back and be like, okay, Nat, like time to make some shifts because I can't be going down this route forever. Yeah. 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 Thank you for expanding on that. And I like what you just said recently about, you know, like what, what is it that I like to do? What are my goals? Cause you know, I, I also find, you know, I've experienced similar things that you have, but also with my own clients, um, you know, it's, it's, it's taking this, it's almost like I imagine like a steel beam and like bending the beam back. <laughs> into, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it points back to, to the person, to their self, because I, I witnessed such tremendous energy. It's almost like this, like this Amazon, like river flow of energy going outside of themselves. And it's going into, like, say, their, their work. It's going into another person. It's basically, you know, it's, it's, I would even go as far as to say, like, life-sustaining energy is mm-hmm. poured into something external to them. And, and then, you know, they reach a point where they're like, I, I can't do this anymore. Things start, they start to not work. And, and I think the most confusing thing for people is that all this stuff, like, used to work phenomenal. Uh, it, 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 it helped them get good grades. It helped them win awards. It helped them like, you know, rise in their job. And so they reach a point where they're doing the same things and, and it's, it's not working. And then by that, you know, it's like either their, their health is not as good as it used to be, or they're feeling a lot of anxiety or a lot of like depression. And so, you know, you had a tool to go back to, you know, say with, with, with mindfulness and then, you said you started having these these dreams, and you know, you you had a mentor, and in that book, many lives, many masters. You know, I'll just pause and ask you, like, to describe that a little bit, 
a little bit because I um, would love, you know, for all my clients, you know, who are approaching me because, you know, by yeah. the time, you know, a client gets to me, you know, some things have gone on in their lives and I would just say, okay, so here's, here's required reading on your path. Or at yeah. least that's what I consider that book. So can you share uh, why that book was useful to, to you and like really started like your, your journey? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You made such an amazing point of like giving your clients recommended reading because I can say for me, the reading has been so instrumental in my own personal development and growth. It's like I was like a sponge reading so many books that I could because it was the only thing you know I had. Um, so I love that. Um, so Many Lives, Many Masters, gosh, it's by, I haven't read it in a very long time. I was actually talking to somebody about the book today, um, coincidentally, and it's by <laughs> Brian Weiss. Coincidentally, as we like yeah. to quote unquote, and the book is by Brian Weiss. And Brian Weiss, he was a doctor, um, he was a psychologist, and he was, this was maybe, have you read the book, by the way, yet? Or, you know, there's, I hadn't read his, there's another person, um, but I always see okay. that there's so many lives, many masters. And the one I read was Journey of Souls. And I'm talking oh, yeah, I love that. Book. Yeah. Like, so I think, I think Brian Weiss, he's the more cerebral one. And I'm not sure what yes. Journey of Souls is supposed to be, but I, but I do know the content is similar between the two books. Okay. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. So I, I believe this happened to Brian Weiss. Like I totally could be wrong on the dates. It was like either the 1980s, 1990s, again, could be wrong, but point being before 2000. And he, what he did to help heal his clients was he did hypnotherapy and his, his clients will come in. He would do a hypnotherapy session. Normally they would go back to a time when they were a child and, you know, a lot of our, our wounds and a lot of our triggers come from when we are children. And, you know, he would help them. But he was not spiritual, not religious, very much by the book, very, very, you know, science oriented. Of like, there's nothing beyond what my textbook says, um, which again, which is fine. We're all on our own path. So he had a client come in and his client was afraid of everything. Like she was afraid of heights. She was afraid of fire. She was afraid of of water. She was afraid she would drown. She was afraid of swallowing pills that she might choke and whatever. And he went back to a pot. So he's like, okay, so we're going to go and do a hypnotherapy session. And she went back to a time where she was two years old and she was abused by a caretaker. And he was like, wow, okay, this is powerful. We're getting somewhere. So they did that. But then she came back and she was actually, I don't understand. Let's, let's do this again. So he wound up doing the hypnotherapy and she went back to a past life. And she went back to a time where, you know, she, she actually went through 80 different past life regressions with him. Um, but she went back to a time, for example, when she was in the water and maybe thrown off a boat and she wound up drowning, you know, drowning. So she went through, she relived all of these past life experiences that she had in the present moment. So she was reliving ever all these past lives. And, and then she was coming back healed. She was coming back feeling better and lighter and more happy. Hi there, this is Dominic, and I'm interrupting my own podcast to bring your attention to my four-week one-on-one coaching program. This program is for women who need dating results that are different and better than the ones they're getting. Let me help you with all my tools of self-development, spirituality, and hundreds of client engagements to transform you into a woman that dates with confidence and joy and easily attracts the partner that is perfect for you. Dating can be fun, 
and you can be successful at it every time. Let me show you how. To learn more, go to my Instagram at innerpeaceadvisor and click the link in my bio or just DM me. Um, the, the crazy part is I don't want, I'm not going to like spoil too much in case anybody wants to read it. Yeah. Everyone's supposed to read it, you know, no matter what. I know, I know I won't spoil too much, but, um, what happened was, um, Brian, he actually had a, a child die at birth. So his child had a misplaced heart and, you know, and he, he never really talked about it. And he, one time his client came in and she was, you know, she always remembers her sessions and she's talking and all of a sudden she starts talking talking in this different voice. And he's like, okay, what's going on? And she goes, this isn't so, and again, like I could be quoting this book wrong. So this is like the gist <laughs> of what she said. Um, something along the lines of this isn't, these sessions aren't so much about me or it is about me, but it's also about you healing from the death of your son from his misplaced heart. And he was just like, wait, what? And like, I'll stop there. I don't want to tell any, any more. And it just opened up my eyes so much to, we are souls having an experience. Like we are just in this vehicle of a body in this lifetime. I believe in reincarnation. Um, I didn't growing up until I read this book and became on this path. Um, and we all have these opportunities to learn and to grow. And it just really opened my eyes of like why we are here on earth, um, you know, how we can heal from past traumas and how we can essentially come back to ourselves to be the best version of ourselves. And a lot of that is explained in the book through his insights of doing these past life progressions. So it's very fascinating. <laughs> That's just one of the many books I read. Again, I have to reread it. It's been a long time since I read it, but it changed my life. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's so interesting how life-changing some of these books can, can be. And Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times, you know, when people talk about, you know, what they learned in school, they'll say like, you know, I wish I had learned, you know, throw things in like, you know, how to like invest. I, I wish I had learned, you know, how to like, you know, pay my taxes. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a whole yeah. like body of knowledge out there that, you know, I think could also go into that space because, you know, that, that book you're talking about many lives, many masters and so many other ones. I feel what, what they're really doing ultimately is they're giving us additional knowledge in a space that we're not familiar with. And I right. think it's encouragement is really um, something quite unique in the world, at least before you really get on a spiritual path, which is to look internally. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of like the, 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 the spiritual masters and gurus of all the ages, you know, they all give like one primary piece of advice, which is, go within. And that's what Many Lives, Many Masters does. So many other books like that that are so helpful. I mean, we can look in the sky and we can see like, you know, the, the infinite of the universe out there. But what I think people don't really realize is that same amount of infiniteness actually exists inside each of us. And mm -hmm. so many of the answers we're looking to or find are, are those places where we say, I've lost myself, those answers and those pieces of ourself, they're just inside. And, you know, we, we have to take that look within and like books like that are really, really a big encouragement to, to do that. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And that's why when we do lose ourselves, we tend to grab, we think grabbing towards outside things or it's what's going to make us happy, you know, and that's where maybe 
we overeat food or we drink too much or we take substances and because we think something outside of us is going to make us happy. And I've been there before completely. And when it's really about what's within. And that's why a lot of people who do step on this path of the inner work, which again is so it's hard within it itself, you know, all this stuff comes to the surface and you're like, oh my God, now I have to deal with this from like 20 years ago. <laughs> you're like, I thought this went away. But once we deal with it and we look within and we do find these answers, then actually those things that we're grabbing for on the outside start to go away. It's, um, you know, maybe we, we don't crave sugar as much or we don't feel the need to drink as much. And we start to naturally come back to a more balanced state of mind, body, and soul. So yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said about the infinite possibilities. It's like we are infinite beings. And once we recognize that and tap into that, it's really amazing of what we can accomplish. Mm. Can can you help sell this path a little bit more? Because you know what's what's wrong with like sugar and and drinking? Like, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I yes, love it. And I'm a firm believer of you know it's all about balance in life. And there's nothing you know. It, everyone's on their own amazing path. And you know, you know, eat the chocolate is what I like to say. You know, like have some chocolate sometimes. Yeah. I think I'm I'm talking more of like very extreme examples, like those people um people who might experience an eating disorder um or or alcoholism, like very, very more extreme you know, sex addiction, uh, gambling addiction, a lot of these addictive personality you know, personalities. And like I've I've been there, I've had a terrible um, relationship before with food. And I've had to really deal with that because that was reaching outside. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that can be healed through the meditation and the yoga and just taking it baby steps. Like it's an ever evolving process, but trust me, I like to have a glass of wine at dinner. Sometimes I like to eat the piece of cake. So I think it's all about in moderation. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I asked you a, a leading question. I'm, I, um, it's like I allow for moderation, but I'm I'm still in in my own healing and eating where I think you know we, we we go for the gold where it's like you know no alcohol no sugar which which you know I I haven't been successful in, um, but I I, I from talking to you what I do um, have a recoll- recollection of it was like this clip or this movie is about this one spiritual guru um, yeah Yogananda and yeah. It was, um, I think they had a, a small interview from uh, a guy who eventually joined him was, was a follower, you know, however one would describe that. And he said, you know, in the early days when he was talking Yogananda, he said, so let me get this straight. You're, you're telling me I don't have to give up having sex with like whoever I want to. I don't have to give up eating whatever I want. I don't have to give mm-hmm. up drinking as much as I want. And you know, Yogananda's response was like, no, you you don't have to give up any of those things. I'm, I'm not asking you to. And he says, but I, I do have a warning. He says, the more time you spend with me and the more time you spend on this path, the less you will want to do those things. So it was um, yeah, basically- Oh my gosh, I have chills. I have chills. Oh, share. Oh, oh no, I was, I was just going to say, um, I, I love yoga Nanjit. I know the exact clip that you're talking about. And I just got chill bumps when you said that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just wonderful. And, and I found that in my life, I'm amazed at the things that, you know, I used to enjoy that have just kind of slipped away. And it's not because 
I've actually tried to like get rid of them. It's just like, it'll just hit me one day. It says, Oh, I'm, I'm no longer doing this thing. And yeah. Yeah. And I've also found like in my own clients, you know, I don't do say like addiction work per se, like head on, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, typically it's someone who's, you know, they're, you know, big career moves or something's going on in in their relationship. But what also may be in the picture is like, yeah, maybe too much alcohol, maybe substance use. And, you know, I, I've learned, you know, a long time ago, like, you know, never approach that directly because there's actually no need to. It's like, you know, as long as they keep looking within, like there's so much cleanup that happens just, just around them. Exactly. And that's like hitting the nail on the head there because once we start to change on the inside, then our surrounding environment starts to change. And we naturally stop wanting to do things maybe that served us in the past that just don't serve us anymore. And that's okay. And I also strongly believe too, once we do that inner work and that inner cleansing, we're raising our vibration and, you know, we're becoming more aligned with ourselves. So maybe we're not aligned with the the partying anymore, just for example. And maybe we are, it's all okay. Like wherever we are on our path is totally fine. But it's just, you are so amazed of what naturally without, like what you said, without even trying or forcing starts to slowly go away and how our interests start to evolve and shift. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that word you said, like uh, alignment. It's just like, continuous like you know align more alignment and more alignment and more alignment until it's Mm -hmm. just there's just this wonderful flow that's created in life Mm -hmm. so um you you have clients and you know they'll they'll come to you what they come to you for so why don't you walk us through you know say what like a, a typical client or if you want to pick a specific one you just leave the names out and say what what showed up when he or she uh, approached you and what they said, like, you know, this is what I want to work on and what were some of the outcomes that he or she had? Absolutely. Well, it's, it's been very interesting. I've never niched myself. I've just kind of put you know myself out there and I noticed, um, not, I don't want to say a trend, a similarity of the clients that I started attracting. I did start attracting men who were, curious about spirituality or had a spiritual practice and they didn't know where to turn to a lot is geared towards women which again amazing and awesome but they're like you know i've heard about this mindfulness thing like where do i who do i talk to how do i find out about it um or another client was like you know i'm in here sitting yoga like so we did some coaching i suggested yoga you know as well okay okay i'll try that you know who had been very timid to go into a studio before or I've had male clients come to me who are telling me, look, I'm, I'm having, you know, these dreams or like I'm, I'm feeling connected and spiritual, but like, I don't know who to talk to about that. And I just create a space to, for my clients. And this is, you know, for women as well, but it's just been interesting seeing that connection with men mm-hmm. um, and sharing a space for them to really, you know, release and, and talk a lot about what they're doing and to help implement a lot of my programs, we implement a meditation um, routine as well and really introducing meditation into their lives and how that helps balance 
um, emotions and even balance our masculine and feminine energies. You know, like sometimes we're so far into our masculine achieving, 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 achieving that we don't, we neglect our emotions and how we're feeling. So when working with clients, we definitely work on um, learning meditation. We work on calming, calming the mind, calming, calming the nervous system, and really focusing more on the present moment and how, how, what does that mean to live in the present and how can we do that? How can we stop living in the past or stop living in the future? And a lot of that's done through the meditation, the breath work and pranayama breathing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a beautiful journey. I work with clients for about 12 weeks up to a few months, mm -hmm. um, a few months more. And yeah, a lot of it is just feeling a little stuck or unsure or, or you know, what's my next steps and through the meditation and through the coaching, uh, we help or I, I help guide them to, you know, where, what that next step might be for them or how can they feel more aligned. And I like to say too, like I'm, I'm here, I'm just sharing tools that I've learned. So everything I've, I share and that we go over, I personally have done before. Mm -hmm. um, and that's all I like, like, I like to say, like, look, we, whatever I'm just doing, I'm just sharing with you, you know, and, and that's it. So I don't want it to seem like a, um, I'm your coach and you have to do this. It's more like a, Hey, here's some really cool tools. Like let's work on this together and see what works and see what doesn't and see how we can start to make positive shifts um, into each of the client's lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate what you're saying. It's, it's like you, you extend an invitation to them to try a number of, of different things, but don't mm -hmm. insist that, like, you know, if, if you don't do this, nothing's going to work out for you. So like, you know, mm -hmm. the, doesn't sound like your, your method is like, is, is rigid. Um, no. Yeah. And um, I think it's also great that, you know, you've tried these, these different things your, yourself, you know, a lot of times on the, on the coaching side of things, I hear this one phrase come up a lot. It, you know, it's, you, you can't go deeper than, than your client has, or rather mm -hmm. I said that wrong. You can't take a, a client deeper than, than you've gone yourself. Right. Uh, so true. That's so true. Yeah. And I think you attract certain clients for a reason. And yeah, it, it's a really, it's an amazing journey. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think what you experienced is similar to what you relayed in that story with Brian Weiss, where, you know, it was just explicitly said to him, so, you know, these, these sessions aren't just for your clients. They're also for you. And, you know, I found that in my own coaching, it's just, invariably, you know, I'm, I'm attracting the clients that I need to work with. I mean, sure. Like, you know, they're benefiting from working with me, but I'm benefiting from working with them. Like they, they're introducing, you know, different facets or, or, or different, like oh, yeah. little uh, items where I said, okay, they're, they're deepening my understanding here because by working through what they're working through, it's, it's refining understanding say it like my own spiritual path or some spiritual concept that then brings like even like a, a greater resolution in my own life or even like a greater peace absolutely and it's that nice give and take energy so while we're giving we're also receiving and vice versa so it makes that flow very give and take and it's the same when they say like a masseuse the masseuse is massaging but they're also um, if in alignment, they're also getting energy from their client that they're massaging. And of course they're putting the healing energy into the client. So it's always this nice flow of give, receive, give, receive. And that's what as humans and as, you know, spiritual beings, such a lesson for us 
in our lifetime? How do we give and receive as well? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, on on that piece, because I also know that um, a big part, say, balancing the masculine and feminine energies. You know, for for maybe your potential male clients that might be listening to this, uh, could you expand on that? Because you know, most guys are like, okay, like I'm a male, I'm, I'm masculine. You know, I, I gotta appear a certain way, be direct, maybe tough, maybe even aggressive, particularly in the workplace. So, you know. Help us out with this this balancing of the masculine feminine energies with 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 the person. Absolutely! Oh my gosh, I feel like there's so much to say about this topic. Um, I think it goes yes, definitely with our society telling us women we have to work so hard and we have to be so tough that we can't show emotion and a lot of and that's why i think even a lot of women are experiencing burnout but especially with men when they're younger and they're told you know you have to be a certain way you can't you you have to you you have to hide behind this really tough exterior that's that's a lot and that can be very traumatizing in a sense because that can create blocks and this is not just for men again it's it's for for anybody out there and it, it's, yeah, it's like, how do we un- unpack that? And I like to say, even on a global level, that a lot of times in Western society, all humans, and well, not all, but a lot of humans in Western society, especially the US, they're told to work, work, grind, 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 you know, wake up, eat breakfast, go, go to your work, go back, go to happy hour, go out to eat, watch TV, hit the kids, and then go to bed. And that's living in, in your masculine. That's like a constant go, go, go. And through going back to the feminine, which is the, the, the inner, the, the motherly, you know, you know, the, the inner emotions, I guess you can say, I think that's even what COVID had to really teach us. It's like, we're all so far in this like, go, go, go energy. And then all of a sudden we're at home and we're sitting with ourselves, like, oh my, looking around, like, oh my gosh, I have to sit with myself now and explore all of this stuff that's coming up for me because I'm alone. And that's really where we've lost touch with the feminine aspect of the inner self. And while working with clients, it's like, okay, how do we find the balance of, you know, showing up for work and being, you know, speaking our truth of who we are, but also allowing ourselves to feel emotions and to have quiet time and to nurture ourselves and, you know, allow ourselves that self-care that we deserve and that we need. So it's filling up our own cup so we can fill up the cup of others as well. It's that, you know, give or take. So I would say with the, the you know, the masculine and feminine energy, the yin and yang, whatever we want to call it, it's really just coming back to that quiet time, the inner knowing, the meditation, and just the time to give to ourselves a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it is such a big topic. I mean, that that, that could be a, a four-hour conversation. Yeah. <laughs> energy. I know. Uh, but yeah, it's so helpful what you say about, you know, getting back to the energies where you're you're taking care of yourself, you're nurturing yourself. And, you know, I think in mm-hmm. the modern world, that's something both men and women can really benefit from because, you know, it's kind of like a misaligned masculine to be always be like, do, 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 build, build, build. And in like the Western world where a lot of women are, you know, they're kind of pulled unknowingly Mm -hmm. in masculine energy. And so you have both sexes using, overusing this particular energy. 
Um, and, you know, for, mm-hmm. for guys, it's a particular, yeah, it's kind of going back to, to the feminine, but, you know, I think for women, it's, it's not only say coming out of the masculine a bit more, but it, it's, it's possibly discovering what that, that feminine is, and then figuring out the, the balance between the two. I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful dance, like when it's done right, you know, say for like either mm-hmm. gender and, it's uh, something that that can. Um, it's always, I think, an invitation to, to to master until you quite get there, and you can start, or you can see in your life where things kind of are out of, of balance because mm-hmm. you'll you'll feel those things that you said, like burnout, or you'll feel those things yeah. like you're you're not being yourself. I, I always feel the more you're not yourself, the more energy you're expending to hold up a facade or like a face that you want the world to see or like a face mm-hmm. that you need to survive. And like, you know, the, the, the greater that distance is, you know, the more energy you'll expend and say at the end of the day or just over time, like you know, the more depleted you'll feel. Yeah. Like there's, there's no flow in that state. Um, it's just like, you know, it's, it's just a constant energy expenditure with, without renewal coming back. Oh, 110%. And you, I even remember at the beginning of the show, you made such a good point of like, we're working hard, we're getting the grades and we're like putting all this energy out there, but then we're getting burnt out, you know, because we're not, we're not getting energy back. We have to refill ourselves with that quiet time if we keep you know putting it out putting it out putting it out and doing this and like and holding up this facade of who we think we need to be that's that's it, that's exhausting that's not living you know it, it, we've all done it like <laughs> you know we're human <laughs> so we've all done it it's like okay how do we peel off those layers and come back to a space of more authenticity so we're not just you know wasting that energy and where it leaves us very tired yeah yeah well, you know, before uh, we finish, I, I'd really love to have you share how you, say, reconstituted yourself or, or your life. I understand you've recently moved to, to Portugal. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's clearly, you know, you're, you're not in Atlanta anymore. Um, and mm-hmm. um, tell, tell us a bit how this came about, you know, why this, this current geographical location is like the most aligned with you right now and what might even be the the next steps for you? Absolutely. Um, I'm a double Sagittarius. So for some reason I'm always moving (laughs) and I'm always in a different country or a different state. I think by the time I turned 30, I lived in five different states. Um, After Atlanta, I moved to LA in 2013 and I was there for four years working in the movie industry. I worked at a movie studio. I wound up leaving my job and in 2017, and I moved to Santiago, Chile, and an opportunity opened up for me to move there. One of the best decisions I've made in my lifetime, a huge leap of faith, <laughs> a huge, okay, universe, I'm really trusting you on this one type of energy. And I moved to Chile for a year. And from there, um, I had another opportunity to move to Bali. So I was in Bali for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I went to back to Latin America. I was in Colombia right before COVID happened. I was supposed to be in Colombia for like two or three months and 15 months later, I was still there. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> which is amazing. I love South America. It's like one of my favorite continents. 
And I always had this call to go to Portugal, at least check it out. Um, I was up for a job there in 2018, working at a yoga um, retreat center. I wound up not getting it and I went to Bali, mm-hmm. but it's also a big nomad spot. So if anyone works online, especially who's listening, if, if you work online or you know, you're having that itch to travel, to do a remote thing, Portugal, I live in Lisbon. Um, I'm not going to be here too much longer. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get to that too. Listen is an amazing place. There's so many like-minded people who are all working online. They're all looking to connect. Um, and I really came out here just to reset and to find, you know, find clarity after COVID. I was in a very intense lockdown. Um, and just to have some time to myself as an American citizen, I could only be in the EU for, for 90 days. So that's up mid October. So mid-October, I'll fly back to the U.S. to see my family. And yeah, then we'll see what's next. I'll probably go back to Latin America for a bit. But yeah, we'll just see. We'll see where work calls and where the next step will be. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, it's all part also of the, the finding oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- I always think there's a balance, uh, say, between, you know, say meditation and some of the, mm-hmm. the, the sitting and, and being. But, you know, we also have this, this wonderful embodied experience. And, you know, once we start to wake up to, okay, what do I want to do for myself? You know, such of that can only be known by actually doing, you know, so you, you, you have to travel to different places. You have to yeah. take different jobs. And rather than looking in the frames of, in the framework of like, you know, this will be a good decision or that's a bad decision. It's just no more. It will be, it'll be an exploration and things will come up that need to come up that will help feed and nurture the soul as well as that exploration of of self. Oh my gosh. So true. And traveling has, and living abroad in different countries. I like to say I'm more of like a slow mad. I think that's the new word, like a slow (laughs) nomad (laughs) where I like live in a place for a long period of time. And then the universe is like, okay, next place. And I'm like, all right. Um, but yeah, the traveling within itself has just, it really is a spiritual practice within itself. It teaches you so much, the people you meet, the different cultures, the, the different mindsets, the experiences. It's like, wow, it's been, it's been such an incredible journey. And for any, anybody listening to, if you have this urge to travel or to just try something new or an opportunity shows up for you, but it's like scary yet exciting. I always say, go for it. Mm-hmm. And that is really what has prompted the whole living abroad. But, oh my gosh. Yes. You learn so much through the experiences that you have and the connections you make. Yeah. Well, and that, and you're, you're double Sagittarius. <laughs> I am. And <laughs> I, again, like a lot of the places I've lived, even growing up again, it's like not by choice. It's because, oh, okay, well, you're going, you're got university there. You got the job here. So, okay, I'm moving. Yeah. So I was actually born in Miami. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, since, since, um, it's so funny you're born in Miami. I wouldn't have thought it. Uh, so <laughs> it, it we're, we're concluding, but, you know, since it was Rob Double Sagittarius, because, you know, I, I know that's an astrology reference, but yes. tell, tell people why astrology is so important for them to know. 
Oh my gosh. My friends make fun of me. And some of my, you know, my non-astrology friends are like, oh, here she goes. She's going to ask again. <laughs> I always ask everyone their sign. I have fun with it. So, you know, we're born on a specific day in a specific place with a specific, you know, time. And a lot of that influences the energy of who we are. And there's 12 signs in the Zodiac. Um, there's four, I would say three, how do, how do I put this? There's four categories of different elements. So there's three fire signs, three earth signs, three air signs, and three water signs. And each sign holds a very specific um, energy to itself, which is, you know, we can even make a podcast on, <laughs> on astrology. We can go so deep. And it depends on the planet and the placement. It depends on like your rising. It depends on the moon. And, you know, so, so we have this huge astrological blueprint of essentially our energy. And when I say I'm a double Sagittarius, that means my son, I was born on November 27th. That means um, the sun was in Sagittarius and my rising sign is, was also in Sagittarius. And then you can go down. Like I can, you know, my moon is in Libra, my Mercury and my, you know, Venus, which Mercury is about communication. Venus is about relationships. Both are in Scorpio, Mars and Pisces. So you can just kind of go all the way down. And it's so fascinating. I love looking at people's charts because you can really get a sense of their energy um, and you know, how the astrology you know, influences all of us. So I find it just extremely fascinating. But I'll quickly say Sagittarius is known to be the most traveling sign of the Zodiac. So that's why I, when I was like to your, to your audience, when I referenced the double Sag, yes. Sagittarius is naturally always moving. They're about different cultures, different um, experiences moving to different countries they are about philosophy, very independent. So that was my little, my little joke on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you bringing it up. It, it hasn't been like uh, much of the content of, of this conversation, but I always encourage people to like learn about their astrology. Um, yeah. Because primarily I, I think it's, it's a, a huge component or can be if one wants it to be of that whole path, like knowing oneself. I mean, it's like, it's just sitting there, you know, and like, you know, if, if one is self-reflective, one is on the spiritual path, like astrology is just such an easy thing to dive into because you, you don't really have to go to a guru at all. You can just self-study and you can learn a lot about yourself. And I think, you know, one interesting thing is about astrology, because I know a lot of people dismiss it, but you can actually meet someone for the first time and you can hear, hear him or her talking and you'll be like, oh, yeah, it sounds yes. like a Pisces there. <laughs> or, you know, it sounds like cancer. I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's definitely, he's definitely an earth sign, you know? It's and, so true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's your sign, by the way? Um, so I'm uh, an Aries uh, sun and uh -huh. a Taurus moon and Libra rising. Oh, nice. Nice oh. little balance. Oh, fellow fellow fire signs over here. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it took cool. years to know. Like, in fact, it's a, a friend of mine. She kind of helped push my energy, my direction in terms of astrology, because you know, she looked at my chart and she's like, Wow, you, you've got a lot of earth. And I was like, Oh no, I'm a fire sign. All I knew is I was in Aries and stuff. And she says, Well. You, you have five planets in Taurus and they're all in the eighth house. So she said, you, you should look into it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so funny. The same thing happened to me. 
I was like, I'm a Sagittarius. And then someone looked at my chart. They're like, oh, you're Scorpio. You have a lot of water and some Pisces. And I'm like, no, but I'm fire. And they're like, yeah, you're a lot of fire, but you're a lot of water. <laughs> so that same thing. Yeah. yeah. And then you discover and go deeper. And you're like, oh, okay. Now it's making sense. Yeah. It, it starts to make more sense. It, it comes down to like your interests. Like what? Why do I do these things? Why do I react this way? Why why is my my attention focused on on this stuff? And then, you know, like you have the planets, and then like the planets are in the different houses. The houses have different characteristics. Uh, yeah, it, it it goes on and on. But my my only encouragement for people because I I'm not an astrologer. I just say, hey, it's there. Look into it. Look look way way beyond your horoscope, which is probably why most people aren't interested in because that's like the starting point for a lot of people. Yeah. Sure. So There's so many layers, so many layers to it. Tons. Well, mm-hmm. we're we're at the end, but before we go, I want to make sure that you know people who have listened to this and they're saying, "Oh my goodness, Natalie has answers for me. Like I'd like to be a client of hers. Like they know how to reach you." So. Will you please give all the best ways for people to contact you? Absolutely. So you can contact me through my website, which is thenowwithnat.com. Uh, or you can follow me on Instagram and reach out there. It's at thenowwithnat. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Natalie, thank you so much. appreciate you joining you, from Dominic. Portugal. Um, and, you know, this episode will be up soon. So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Dominic. I had a blast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Healerology. This podcast exists to make your life better. Before you go, I want to bring your attention to my four-week one-on-one coaching program. This program is for women who need dating results that are different and better than the ones they're getting. Let me help you with all of my tools of self-development, spirituality, and hundreds of client engagements to transform you into a woman that dates with confidence and joy and easily attracts the partner that is perfect for you. Dating can be fun and you can be successful at it every time. To learn more, go to my Instagram at innerpeaceadvisor and click the link in my bio or just DM me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Healerology Podcast greatly appreciate your time and presence. Please make sure you're subscribed to this show. Until next time, stay healthy and go within.